You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Jeff Ellis of the Locked On Indians podcast. Um, Thank you again for listening on the Himalaya app, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, wherever it is you get your podcast. As you can surely hear, I am still a bit under the weather. So I will apologize for how my voice sounds and for random pauses that might occur where I try to avoid coughing on mic. Um, I also want to throw in the reminder that you can tell your smart device to play the Locked on Indians podcast. And if you have a nice short drive to work every day, we're keeping it under 20 minutes. So it can be there for your daily work commute. Today's show will focus on the, the game that occurred today. Uh the extension to Terry Francona and after that we'll just kind of dive into I will probably if there's some time remaining I always feel like I plan these things out and then there's never time left that I might look into the rubber ducks roster as that is the team I end up spending the most time with in the Cleveland Indians minors and kind of pointing out the players I'm excited to check out or see so the game today should not have come as much of a surprise I tweeted out earlier, um, if you're not following me on Twitter, my account is at JeffMLBDraft, that uh, this lineup that the Indians had really never had a chance against a power left-hander like Carlos Rondon. Rondon has had some ups and downs in his career. He hasn't quite turned into the pitcher. I know I was expecting him to be. I had him as the highest-graded player in his draft class when he was at NC State. Um, I was the high man on him and uh, Trey Turner who were teammates and both kind of got dinged in their final year at NC State. But when you got a power lefty going up against a team that is six-ninths triple-A uh, players, uh, the results were what one would expect. The offense had a few bright spots. Again, Carlos Santana is just been magnificent there's no other way to put it he has been the indians offense almost entirely uh hanley ramirez was solid again he has been proving me wrong so far but outside of those two um it's not pretty jose ramirez is still struggling and it's bad enough when they have lindor out but with ramirez continuing to have those struggles that he showed at the end of last year this lineup is just punchless, to put it nicely. Three runs for the Indians is a lot this year, but it's not enough when Corey Kluber can't comes out in the first inning and struggles like he did, and in what is very unlike him, has command issues and is walking players. They go to the pen, and Neil Ramirez has now had two outings, and he has been awful in both of them. Um, you know, I went through his history before, after the last horrible outing, and it's just crazy to me that they're still running him out. You have Henry Ramirez, Henry Martinez, I apologize, in AAA, who I thought should have been protected and put on the 40-man. Really interesting pitcher when you're watching him in AA. Uh, people I trust really like him from a scouting perspective. The numbers like him. Everything there is to like about him and I thought they were extremely lucky to not lose him in the Rule 5 draft. At this point there is no reason to have Ramirez on this team over Martinez. 
the only reason one can make is well Ramirez is easy cut fodder later while Martinez has to be added to the 40 man that's the only argument that would make sense but even without Ramirez's horrible performance the game was sunk by Kluber early on and a Stamets error as well and I'm sure for those who are itching to trade Corey Kluber this was uh, another quiver in their arrow he is 0-2 right now the first loss not really being his fault as he was brilliant in that start and we'll have to see how it goes and again for me I just look at this and I'm like maybe he shouldn't be on regular rest that's why Shane Bieber is currently working out of the pen just let's have a 1-5 to and let them pitch 1-5 to and cut down on the wear and tear on our you know 34 year old arm 33 year old arm um 32 year old arm will be 33 uh in a week a week from today so there's really no point going too much more into the game the offense is uh as it has been uh mostly a conglomeration of minor league players the pitching staff um had the unusual of a bad start though it has been interesting that when you look at it so far for the indians they are two and three and it went good start bad start good start good start bad start for you know it's it's been five starts two not good three good And again, you know, it's five games of a 162-game season. We'll see how things play out. But it is just hard to... I'll just keep harping. It's just... You don't see how that offense is going to greatly improve. Um, Yes, adding Lindor. Yes, Jose Ramirez getting back to even 80% of what he was the last two years. That is significant, but it doesn't change the fact that they have a catcher who... I made an argument for last night. Maybe you let the pitcher hitch and DH for your catcher. Uh, Their outfield is full of... uh, How can I put it nicely? Uh, Guys who failed in the majors, guys who have bounced around teams, or guys who never were able to seize a spot before and hold on to it. It's... It's not an inspiring group. Speaking of things that are uninspiring, uh, sometimes people need a little extra help. If you find yourself uh, needing a little extra help when it uh, comes to performance, go to BlueChew.com. They are our sponsor. You can try their uh, they have the <coughs> only chewable little blue pill. It can it's mailed discreetly to you, and you can give it a try for just five dollars. It's a cost of shipping. Use the promo code MLB to try the Little Blue Chewable Pill. BlueChew.com promo code MLB. Okay, so the Indians signed Terry Francona to a two-year extension. It makes sense, and it's also confusing. Um, it makes sense because Francona is a highly respected manager and has been a great source of stability and brings respect to the Indians organization. The confusion is, though, if they want to continue to play young players, which seems to be the approach, that's not Francona's bag. He goes out of his way to not play young players. He doesn't want to deal with the ups and downs. 
why Yandy Diaz never got an extended look. And again, do yourself a favor, Indians fans. Do not go and look up Yandy Diaz's numbers in Tampa this year. He's he's not the manager for a young team. You know, his best years in Boston were it's Boston. Those were vet heavy teams. In Cleveland, he has always favored vets. And I have just had my own issues with lineup construction and the way he handles pitching staffs. At the same time, when they made the World Series, he was absolutely brilliant in the way he used the pen and how effective it was to take a team that was down as many starters as it was. At one point, they had their ace, but they were short their two, their three, and their four after uh, the drone injury and somehow took that team to the World Game 7 of the World Series. And that, I hope you can see, is why it's, you know, I'm not upset by it. I'm not enthused by it. It is what it is. Um, you know, it's probably one of those moves where we'll get more credit national media than local. But uh, right now, you can't be mad at him. I mean, this what the roster he's been handed is, uh, is not good. Uh, there's no other way around it. So, to get back to, uh, as I mentioned, we, I, we do have time today because there's just not a lot to talk about with the Major League team. So, it seemed like a good time to dive into the minors and specifically the Akron Rubber Ducks. Uh, you'll excuse me if I still call them the Arrows. I slip and do that from time to time. I might have even done it at the top of this podcast. The reason the Rubber Ducks are uh, so near and dear to my heart is being born and raised in Akron. Um, I remember going to actually see the Canton Akron Indians at Thurman Munson Stadium as a kid uh, before the Rubber Ducks moved here as the Arrows and became the Rubber Ducks. And it is the stadium I visit the most often during the year. You can find me often up in the press box. It's a chance for me to go down and interview and meet the players. Um, last year it was really great because a lot of the pitchers started coming up to chart the games. Um I believe it was Jake Paulson who started that, and a lot of the other pitchers followed suit. So since we have this bit of extra time today when there's just not a lot to talk about on the roster besides rehashing points I have made multiple times already in the first week and a half, I just thought it'd be good to kind of run through the roster and point out some some fun things, some interesting prospects, the players I will be specifically looking for, and maybe some players that you should be uh, checking out as well if you get a chance to go to Akron. So if we start out looking at the pitchers, the first thing that jumped out to me is David Spear, Tanner Tully, Matt Whitehouse, Ben Krauth, and Sean Brady. Uh, you can make the argument to me they are all one person uh, wearing, you know, what's that, five or six different disguises. Um, they all throw at the same velocity they're all left-handed they're all about the same size and weight there's not much of a separator between those guys and when you look at someone like white house who let's see he's uh 28 you got some guys who are kind of pushing the age in the minors david spears 27 uh you know paulson's 27 it's it's an older pitching crew um Keep counting those ums. Uh, Zach Plesak is interesting. 
I think he could have a future as a reliever. Dalbert Siri has velocity, but is more of a thrower than a pitcher. James Karinchok is probably the most famous arm after Sam Hentges. Uh, throws hard, but there's control issues, and he's had those issues dating back to his days at Bryant. But Hentges is the is the big name there. Um, Mackenzie will likely be there when he's healthy, but he's beat up again. So I'm excited to see Hent Hentge Hent. Oh, apparently, I can't say Sam Hent. Sam H. You know he's been hurt before, and it's definitely slowed down his development. But he's six eight, two forty five. He's a lefty. The Indians have not had a left-handed starter since Scott Casimir. He's one of their top ten prospects, arguably the number two pitcher in the system right now. He's going to be the the big guy to see there. I, I in terms of the players that I am most intrigued by, it's him, then Plesac, then Karen Chalk, then probably Rob Kaminsky, who I think could still have a future as a as a reliever, just because he has two above average pitches. Uh, ben Krauth has been highly productive. You know, I joke about him being similar to the others. We'll see how that translates. There's a lot of guys who've, as I said, have just been around. But those are kind of the ones that I'm really looking at. I think the big two for me, though, are Sam H. and uh, Zach Plesak. Now, if we go into the lineup, catchers, not a whole lot there. Logan Ice, every time I see him, I just think, <sighs> I had Sean Murphy with the first-round grade that year, and they drafted Ice before Murphy. And it makes me sad every time. Uh, Logan Ice was a competitive balance B pick, for those who don't remember. He had been um, a defensive-only catcher for his first two years at Oregon State then had a really strong junior year, which caused him to fly up boards, switch hitting catcher. Of course, the Indians uh, were going to be all over that. When you look at the infielders, uh, Alexis Pantejo has always been a great defensive player. He'll play all over. I'm curious to see what they do. Ernie Clement will be at shortstop. He has no power at all, which is why more than likely he's going to be a utility player. Doesn't strike out hardly at all. Doesn't walk a ton either. There's just not, there's not a lot of holes, but there's not a lot of tools that are going to allow him to become a starter. Uh, I am curious to see what they do with Krieger and Monta Montesario. Uh, if you don't remember, Monasterio, he was the third piece in the Gomes deal, and he was the player that the uh, Nationals actually acquired from the Cubs in a, a deal close to the deadline. Really high walk rate. The Indians were going out of their way to add those players that can walk a bunch and he is that player he, i assume he will be an everyday starter at second base for the uh for the rubber ducks and then the most interesting group by far is the outfield andrew calico was arguably the best outfielder a year ago um i think he'll still start in center field but i'll get into the reasons why he may not daniel johnson was the centerpiece of the uh gomes deal four-tool player. The only tool he's missing is the hit tool, which sometimes makes it, makes it so even though they have all those other tools, it just can't come together. We'll have to see what he can do, but just a plus, plus, you know, 70-grade athlete. 
power, speed. Question is, will he make enough contact? Connor Maribel, that at your own risk. He just keeps moving up the system and hitting and performing. He doesn't put up eye-popping numbers, but he's consistent and he produces. And Mitch Longo was uh, a guy who had a rough final year at Ohio University. Slid to the day three of the draft, but since the Indians have picked him, he's been a consistent producer. He had a good year again last year. And those four outfitters, Kaye Tom is the fifth. Um, his time has kind of come and gone. It might be rough to say that, but due to injuries, um, I was really excited because he was a player who just dominated the SEC, but injuries have taken a bit out of him. But those other four outfielders are all guys who I think at some point have some potential to be major league players, mostly as backups, but I would think that Johnson and Maribel are probably the, the two that have the best chance of becoming regulars. So that's the Rubber Ducks. I am, you know, intrigued to see the uh, the team. I was I was kind of expecting uh, Alex Call to end up there as well, who they got in the um, the deal from the White Sox for Yonder Alonso. Um, I have to pull up and see exactly where he's been assigned. According to this, he is assigned to the Rubber Ducks, so I don't know. Maybe he's hurt somewhere. But. You know that that'll be something else to find out. It's it's always interesting to see where players get set up. At this point, it's all laid out and it's all nice, and they know where they're going. But anyone who follows this stuff will tell you that uh, it could change in a day. So there we go. Heavy on the minor leagues today. Just not a lot to talk about in the majors. It's been a uh, not so great start to the baseball season, but things will surely get better. I've been your host, Jeff Ellis. Thank you for subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. The I also want to thank those who have written us reviews. Um, we are increasing every day, and that's really exciting for me to see. Thank you for dealing with me through this cold. And uh, as always, go Tribe!